Choose life, choose a sport, choose a drop zone, choose a start time, choose a fucking big jump plane, choose turbine engines, speed, unlimited altitude, and endless horizons. Choose height, no low turns, and travel insurance. Choose jump tickets, choose tiny action cameras, choose your mates, choose a rig and matching helmet, choose swoop shorts and a range of fucking fabrics, choose 120 vertical speed and wondering who the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch, watching debriefs, spirit-saving slow-mos, smashing beers after last load. Choose standing on the podium at the end of it all. Choose a win you'll love every time. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you fly NZ Aerosports? Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe... There's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports, fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust, like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot, the Crossfire 3 when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch, the JFX 2 if you're looking to up your new swoop game, the Leia as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast, or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So the equipment is top of the line kick-ass stuff as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. Hell, they've even got a special offer for all you Lunatic listeners out there. Just head to pages.nzaerosports.com forward slash into the void. That's pages.nzaerosports.com forward slash into the void and follow the instructions to register a website account with them. You'll score a discount voucher with 20 bucks towards any purchase over $200. I mean, come on. You know you're going to shop with NZ Aerosports, so grab a little extra cash towards that buy and enjoy. The offer is good until the 31st of December, and the voucher is good for three months, so go register now. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! All right, back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void and straight into it. Who the fuck are you? What do you do? I am Scott Fitzgerald. I get called Top Dog for some silly reason and um, I ride dirt bikes. You ride dirt bikes. You don't just ride dirt bikes, dude. You do some stupid, crazy shit on dirt bikes. <laughs> yeah. Try to. 
<laughs> Fucking hell, man. I've seen, uh, obviously, I took a deep dive into your Instagram and all this stuff. You're riding um, dirt bikes, doing it with Nitro Circus and doing all kinds of pretty sick shit, man. Um, I was really impressed. Yeah. No, I'm lucky enough to get to ride with Nitro Circus. It's pretty much the biggest worldwide freestyle team and action sports team. So um, lucky enough I get to travel the world with those guys, which is awesome. Best time that is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely incredible. I was lucky enough years and years ago when I lived in Las Vegas to set up uh, um, ramps for uh, a Tony Hawk thing. And he had a bunch of the Nitro Circus guys out there. And just seeing the setup that goes into the shit that you guys are doing is insane, man. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like the track crew kill it. Like sometimes we're, um, we're on buses and stuff from venue to venue and not like they've got 24 hours to set, get there, set that up. We get there and we're ready to do another show. It's crazy, oh, but um, on, they're they're pretty much the the legend behind it as well. So, uh, so I'm pretty. Let, let's dive into it, man, because I want to know how you got started on all this, and we'll obviously talk about skydiving at some point. But I I kind of I really want to know how you got started in anything extreme, and then especially how you ended up with fucking Nitro Circus. Yeah, dude, it's actually pretty um a pretty crazy story. I really uh, I got got into dirt bikes real late in my life. Um, so the way I got into it, I kind of grew up surfing because um, I live on the Gold Coast, obviously. Um, so I got um, lucky enough to meet um, John O'Porter. Um, he's a legend of the sport that actually, it's actually his 40th birthday today. Oh, wow. um, um, so he, yeah, so I met him and Kane Saul um, through a girl, a girl that we both all used to pump back in the day. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. And um, yeah, so... Got to lucky enough, got to let meet those guys. Um, it's a pretty funny story. I actually wasn't a big fan of those guys back in the day because I was a surfer and they were a dirt bike rider, which is pretty funny. And then, um, yeah, I after John O'Porter uh, passed away, um, Kane ended up moving down to the Gold Coast and um, yeah, moved in with me. And I ended up he had a mini bike, so I ended up getting on into dirt bikes that way. Um, yeah, then got peer pressured from those boys to do a backflip, started doing backflips on mini bikes, and then um. That led into Krusty Demons tour, so I was um, I was a pretty much a fifty fifty chance of just hucking it at every show into that, and then uh, then decided to get a big bike, and then that's where pretty much my freestyle career took off from that. And, Damn, yeah, Krusty Krusty Demons is like the OG fucking video from way back in the day. Yeah, I mean that was like the original holy shit, I can't believe they're doing this stuff kind of thing. Yeah, that was kind of like the yeah all the OG guys that started the freestyle kind of. That's uh, scene, so. that's kind of how Pastrana got into it as well, didn't he? Because he went from straight track riding and then uh, ended up on one of the crusty, the first or second Krusty Demons video, and then he's fucking Travis yeah. Pastrana. Yeah, and he just yeah, obviously Travis, it's Travis Pastrana. He's just a loose cannon, was jumping everything, and doing crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and um, got onto Krusty's, and then yeah. So how the uh, yeah, fuck? I think it got a lot of people's freestyle career taken off from Krusty Demons. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, because I know jack shit about the sport, but I know Krusty Demons because there was, and I don't remember the guy's name, but he was the one that launched off the sand dune for like fucking miles, and you're convinced he's a dead man and he's laying in the sand talking. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, good old Stephen's like <laughs> sick, sick shit, man. So, how did you get? You got talked into doing a backflip on a mini motorcycle. Is is that as freaky as it fucking sounds? Um, well, it was pretty funny. So we walked, uh, went out to a guy called uh, Matt Shoebring's house. He was the only guy in Australia that had the foam pit at the time. And um, I was going out there. I didn't really ride dirt bikes, and I was going out there. And I thought I was just flipping off this little, you know, little mini bike ramp. We're like, yep, yeah, going out there. And then he's like, oh, I don't have a mini bike ramp. I've only got a super kicker for a big bike. And um, even the other boys that actually rode were like, fuck, I don't want to go off that thing. And I'm like, fuck, I've never even hit one. I'm not going off that thing. Anyway, so they started doing it. I sat around for a couple of hours going, fuck, I don't want to do it. And then I was like, fuck, just do it. And then, um, yeah, I ended up doing it sweet the first time I tried one. And then, yeah, that's how it kind of evolved from there. And then pretty much a couple of weeks later, I was doing it to the dirt. So Jesus. I mean, the, the, the injury rate in motocross is like obscene though isn't it it's especially with the stuff you're doing it's not if you get fucked up it's when and how bad yeah definitely it's um it's one of those sports where anytime it can happen doesn't matter what fucking how high the game you are like if you crash it hurts like shit and you can potentially hurt yourself really bad or kill yourself 
Uh, Jesus. I mean, it's it's kind of funny because I've talked to a bunch of people in different sports now that found their way into skydiving, and for at least half of them, and I would assume you, skydiving is the safe option. Yeah, definitely. Like, everyone says that to me. It's like, fuck, skydiving's crazy. I'm like, to be honest, I mean, skydiving is gnarly. I'm yeah. not going to, it's definitely not taking that away. It's fucking crazy. Right. But in the way of, um, in the way of like, I don't know, it just, yeah, obviously, there's just, yeah. I'm there not seems sure. to be it's a, just, it's definitely still crazy as fuck, but I'm not definitely not taking that away. But it is kind of the risk of hurting yourself on a dirt bike is that little bit more. Um, easier to do, I feel. Well, and there, I would think that there's so many more variables when it comes to riding a dirt bike than skydiving. I mean, the emergency procedures in regard to a skydiver are pretty fucking straightforward, uh, and yeah. the things that you need to watch out for are pretty straightforward. But on a dirt bike, especially with the stuff that you guys are doing, I mean, some of these aerials, I see the clips, and there's pictures of you doing it as well. I don't even, I think they call it a Superman or something, but you're just straight out above your bike, not touching shit, flying through the air. That's got to be yeah, pretty yeah. freaky, man. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty. It is pretty gnarly. But I mean, you do work yourself up to that. Up to that. I mean, you start off small and get to that, sure. and then it always does become does become muscle memory, like every other sport. So. <sighs> I don't know. If I, I don't think I'm set up for that kind of fucking muscle memory. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore. I mean, it's it, it seems like uh, it would be one of those things where, like in skydiving, every once in a while, I'll get a reality check, and you look around on a jump or or when I'm flying, and you look around and go, I can't fucking believe I am doing this shit. But on a bike, yeah. the visuals, because in a skydive, right, you're up so damn high that the ground's not rushing up at you. Nothing's flying by unless it's your buddies that are fucking up the jump. But on a yeah. dirt bike, when you're maybe 30 or 40 feet off the ground doing God knows what kind of speed, Jesus. Yeah, no, it's definitely fun. But at the same time, like, they both have their differences. Like, for me, the feeling of skydiving's out of control like it's so sick but it's like it's the same as like i suppose the first time you do a backflip you get that sick feeling of like just you will get a feeling that you'll get from nothing else but for me skydiving is like a lot of people just like a lot of people can just train easily to get that feeling if you know what i mean like you can get your license to skydive where a lot of people can't get that feeling to do a backflip Right. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of next level stuff. You don't have to be a great skydiver to go ahead and have a lot of fun with it and be safe yeah. and injury free. But I don't think the same can be said for riding dirt bikes. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. But I mean, yeah, the feeling I tell everyone now, like you need to skydive, you need to skydive in your life. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, I had the, I was lucky enough to speak to uh, a good friend of yours not that long ago, Jeff Weatherall, uh, who yeah. again took a different extreme sport and kind of found his way into skydiving and found the parallels were kind of the stoke involved, right? Yeah, for sure. Jeff's a legend. Well, and that's that's um, the thing you fa- you you fall in love with that stoke, and then you can find different sports and different activities where you can get it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. I definitely. Um, I've always wanted to skydive, and I've always wanted to do it, but I just to get myself to do it. And then once I've done it, I'm like, fuck, I'm so stoked! I actually did that. <laughs> right now, how did how did you get started in jumping? Where was the first jump, and what was the situation? Uh, my first skydive jump was only probably year ago okay i think so i'm pretty fresh to it um one of my good buddies that um rides dirt bikes as well jackson strong he um he's like yeah x games um champion dirt bike rider he um he hassled me into doing it he like because i said to him because he did his and then i was like fuck i've always wanted to do it and then one day he goes oi i'm like just book me just fucking book me in let's just do it and then yeah next minute we're in uh, marua in just uh, about two hours from canberra okay um doing the thing there which is really cool it's um you get to stay at the stay there you do it like <clears throat> you have the few days and yeah it's like right on the beach and stuff it's a pretty sick place to do your aff but um yeah i pretty much did that got my b rails that week and then now i pretty much just and then we actually got invited to funny farm which is fucking sick because i didn't realize how how well known funny farm was and where just i was there i think with 18 jumps and, <laughs> and <laughs> That's that's the one, that was the one plus thing about COVID. We got to go and do that because no one else could come to do it. Fucking hell! You know, I mean, it's uh, uh, yeah. Funny Farm is a is a world famous boogie, and especially if you're new to the sport, to start out your AFF jumping on the beach with that kind of scenery, and then transition from the beach stuff to hitting Funny Farm. I mean, fucking hell! That's an introduction to skydiving right there. <laughs> yeah, dude. I still like 
obviously because I was new to skydiving, I didn't have a have a clue about Funny Farm. I didn't know what it was. All I heard was that it was mad out there, and then um, and then yeah, now still we're at the fire, and there's dudes that have been skydiving for ten years, and it was their first Funny Farm. This one just gone, and I'm like. Fuck, feel real grateful to actually get to go there. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and to, and to have it there and in your backyard and with the talent that's out there as well. Now, I'm going to jump you yeah, back a little that. bit. Uh, I didn't actually uh, hear the story of how you got in and started with Nitro. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so I kind of, um, kind of from crust riding with Krusty Demons, um, all the guys on Krusty's. Obviously, I became really good mates with, and then we were always riding together, and that was kind of my leeway into. Um, into nitro, I suppose they the saying of it's um what not what you know it's who you know in that industry for me. So um yeah, I luckily got enough. So before I actually got to ride dirt bikes on there though, I was doing I did everything I could because I really wanted to be on there. So I was um the guinea pig for um we did like a three person flip, a four person flip, five person. So I was like um we had three people on the dirt bike, then we had four people the next year, and then we had five people the year after. So um that kind of got me in like that and then i was then i was just doing all the stupid stuff i was for, for Stra- travis and that i was you know he would have, ride his dirt bike up the mega ramp and i'd be the guy that had to ride it down and just stuff like that and then obviously by that time i was good enough to get <laughs> by that time i was good enough to get on tour and i was doing all the tricks that everyone else was so it was um good i got to fill in the trains and got to yeah keep I mean, traveling around with them so we see the the produced version of it and every once in a while you get the, the videos that are behind the scenes Pastrana's good about putting a lot of shit out there that happens at his place and in the foam pit and some of the wildness there but i mean it looks like you guys have you must go through a lot of fucking shit to get the polished routine that you end up with because you end up with these insane routines that you guys make look ordinary right but yeah yeah to get it done, yeah, fucking sure. hell. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of practice. And obviously, it's always like every year the same kind of stuff stays in. Then we add a little bit extra. So it all like combines into be like that one sick show. But um, I recently, the last tour that we just got cancelled from COVID, um, we I dress up as an old man. I flip this mobility scooter. So it's um, it's pretty funny. So I dress up as uh, Bilko's, Bilko's granddad and come out and it's this bloody mobility scooter with a 252 stroke motor in it it's out of, it's fucking scary just to ride it ride in a straight line but um yeah i get to backflip it on tour which is pretty cool jesus well i mean do you guys just sit around and drink heavily and and come up with the ideas of the shit that you're gonna do <laughs> mate i'll tell you what a lot of the stupid ideas have come when we're drunk and then we're like fuck we said it we gotta do it <laughs> oh fucking hell i mean i can imagine because i watch some of these things that are being done uh, whether it's uh, on dirt bikes or or uh, pedal bikes and i'm like jesus christ to think this stuff up it's insane i mean yeah <laughs> i mean some uh, some of the shit that the guys do on the mega ramp it's like is this that even gonna work and they're like let's just try it and most of the stuff's somehow works <laughs> wow wow oh so what's the sketchiest thing you've uh you've either attempted or or been asked to try and pull off with that um i think on tour i think probably the it'd definitely be like the the multiple people on the bike like that's probably that was really scary because a lot of them went really really wrong mm. um so every time we you know we'd we'd have eight nights of crashing and just being have skin off everywhere and we'd just be getting back on to go again it was like got to a point in one Europe tour we're just like fuck are we really doing this again um and then I mean probably the other things probably the old man scooter it was pretty scary for me because it was like I flipped it in the foam pit about twice and then I got to the show and we couldn't get the ramp to go down so I had to push it back a bit further right and then I didn't know if I was going to hit my head on the top of the ramp because I flipped so low and I was like, oh, fuck, I've gone through all this practice. I've got to just do it. So Jeez. that was pretty sketchy. But Jesus Christ. What does yeah. your family think of your profession? <laughs> yeah, they actually kind of worked into it now. They don't really care. So Oof. I've broken enough bones. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm guessing you've spent a fair amount of time in emergency rooms. Uh, um, but you seem to be walking in a straight line anyway. So it doesn't sound like it's been anything too horrible, has it? Nothing too crazy. I mean, I broke my leg a fair few times. I've. <laughs> Broken both my collarbones, I've ruptured my spleen, broke my wrists, um, <laughs> been, knocked, been, knocked, been knocked out a fair few times. But um, yeah, there's nothing damaged enough to make me walk with a limp or anything, so that's good. I love that that list is what you consider a mellow injury list. 
<laughs> that's that's pretty that's pretty good, man. So <laughs> you you get started with your your skydiving and you have an absolute blast on that first jump and decide you want to go through with it, but you're still super fired up. Like how many jumps do you have now? Um 71. Okay, so you're still super low time, which means you've yeah. just got this incredible energy to go out and play. Um but Yeah. I guess I'm trying to figure out where that comparison would be. You said that you kind of get that same fire out of doing the backflip on a motorcycle. Uh, but do you ever find in free fall, because you do all this other stuff, that you're like, all right, this is actually kind of chill? Or are you already going balls out on your skydiving? No, I th- yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I kind of have tried to be – I've been doing stuff that I probably shouldn't have been, but I – um. I mean, I feel like the best thing about skydiving for me is it's one sport that you cannot stop learning in. Mm. I feel like it's just there's and I, there's nothing better than a sport that you can just keep learning. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've got to, I've kind of just got to that point now. I'm over just fucking around. I just want to like one thing about Funny Farm, I suppose, was I kind of didn't care. I was like, oh, I don't care about learning shit. I'm just happy to jump. Like it's sick. It's a sick rush already. But then you get to farm, and then like everyone's going out on these fucking groups of like. 17 angles and shit and you're like can't go on it and you're like fuck this i need to learn that shit so i'm just at that point now where i mean i have done a, like seven way angles and stuff but just like the stuff that those guys do is fucking out of control right well and that's the cool thing is you're right being able to continue to learn i mean fuck i've i got 25 years and a little over 10,000 jumps in the sport and i'd say probably Crazy. three quarters of the skydiving community can outfly the shit out of me so i've got lots of learning yeah. to do but that's cool, right? Because, I mean, you j- yeah. how can you get bored when you've always got something to learn? Yeah, definitely. So did you – You would have uh, – did you um, – I mean, that's the same thing as with skydiving now. I suppose you probably gr- grew up in the bit where you didn't have iFly, you didn't have the oh, wind no. tunnel. No, I mean, so, so – yeah, so you're like full OG of yeah. like just learning your – like you either would have spent more time in the sky and oh, learning yeah. your own shit. Where there's all up-and-comers that are spend 30 grand on the tunnel in there doing gnarly shit straight away oh of course yeah but i, I was lucky in that uh, um i started jumping in las vegas which funny enough had one of the first wind tunnels in the u.s but it was a shit yeah. low speed low power wind tunnel so you had to wear these big ass baggy suits to be able to fly around um so i got really good at flying cloth uh but not necessarily yeah. flying my body so i still had to go learn one jump at a time um which yeah, okay. i i mean i'm i'm constantly blown away with how amazing uh the skill level is with most of the jumpers that start now that have access to a tunnel and i don't take away from their skill whatsoever but i still do kind of i I pat myself on the back a little bit because i get to say yeah i I learned it fucking 45 seconds at a time yeah for sure i mean for for us it's more so like the guys that used to didn't grow up with foam pits and they just had to huck it to dirt like fuck they get they, it's fucking way gnarlier than anyone that had to go through a foam pit and got to learn it before they had to go to dirt. So. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, I love the fact that the tunnels have become what they've become because the, the level of skill and the shit that people are doing nowadays is at a level that 25 years ago I never would have imagined. You know, I mean, I'm seeing yeah, shit that just sure. was – it was the stuff of dreams, you know. Same same with dirt biking, you know. I mean, you, you guys are seeing shit that you just couldn't have imagined when it all got started. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely the sport wouldn't be where it is at if it didn't have foam pits or airbags. Yeah, for sure. Now, having just come back from Funny Farm, um, I know lots of people listening fucking hate you right now because most of them are either barely (laughs) jumping or or have no certainly no boogies to go to. So um, how out of control did it get this year? Um, I haven't seen it from the years before, but it's it's a mad time. It's... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a mad it's just like everyone there is a dead set legend um everyone's there to jump out of planes everyone's there to have fun and we party well i definitely did party every night but the best thing about it is every night you party and there's always someone back at the fire no one not not everyone goes home that night so it's pretty cool yeah yeah, for sure now i was told uh, uh by jeff that i had to ask you a couple of questions and i actually i think i <laughs> i think i already told you but he he uh he asked me to t- um told me I need to ask you about tearing yourself a new asshole. <laughs> so I, um, obviously I'm pretty new to the sport, so I'm not the best on me, on me, um, um, flaring that day. Um, so I uh, came downwind it, with the wind change when we're up in the plane 
anyway, it was pretty strong wind and it was um, – so we had to land downwind. Anyway, I um, – yeah, obviously didn't flare properly and I had to skid on my ass, but I only had this like real thin jumpsuit on with just boxer shorts. <laughs> and anyway, I got up and I'd ripped – pretty much my half my one side of my whole ass cheek all up my nearly ripped myself a new asshole <laughs> off from <laughs> from a downwinder with a shit flare yes <laughs> yeah that'll happen and, um, yeah it was pretty funny i had like i had one of the medic chicks the older lady like ronda she's like a legend of the sport too like out there um and she's a paramedic so i had her i'm bent over in the shower she's sticking a butt patch on me <laughs> screaming <laughs> it up it was pretty funny that's awesome that's awesome uh, i was also told uh, uh he said that uh, i should ask you about your uh, um getting ready for funny farm and packing yeah <laughs> so um the night before funny farm was my birthday so we um we went out that night and we pretty much realized it was time to go to funny farm um and we we're still up drinking so <laughs> we um uh, my packing was throw a couple of jumpers, throw a couple of shirts, you know, didn't even have a backpack, had a washing basket. So I threw that in, threw a couple of shirts and socks in there and chucked it in the back. And then halfway on the way, I was like, realized I didn't have a pillow. I didn't have a doona. I didn't have, and it's fucking cold as shit out there too. So I was, yeah, I got, I pretty much drove, uh, we drove this. I actually had to give the, the car over to someone else to drive me out there. Cause I was too drunk, get out there. And then I was just hit a wall. And I ended up getting one of the paramedics to whack a drip in my arm so I could um, get some water in my body so I could have sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking perfect. Hey, dude, you fit right into skydiving. <laughs> yeah, that was my first day at farm. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. We used to have at one of my old drop zones, we had a, a guy that was a, um, a, a nurse as well. And he'd come after the big events and bring IV bags and vitamin B12 shots and line you up and, and get you back and ready to go. Because we'd go pretty fucking big back in the day for sure. Yeah, for sure. How long were you out at Funny Farm? How long, what is it, a, a week long? Yeah, week long. Yeah. Fucking so hell. yeah, it was Friday and Friday. Jeez. Pretty much. Need a vacation from yeah, the no, vacation, that my, huh? That was my first day. That was my first day and I was like, fuck, I still got a week of this to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta pace yourself on that. It's fucking good. Well, that's like uh, um, Summerfest at uh, Skydive Chicago. I know a lot of my friends will go out there and they'll plan to jump two days of the the boogie, maybe three days, because the rest is either partying <laughs> or recovering. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we actually did um we did a we did we rode our dirt bikes this year also out there so we um we did five shows on our dirt bikes as well at Funny Farm this year so that was pretty cool we got to ride and and also jump so it was fucking pretty sick dude people have got to fucking eat that shit up out there yeah I do they loved it and it makes when people get real stoked on us it makes us more stoked because you kind of forget that people get stoked about dirt bikes and um yeah sick so that then we had. We had to get to watch them do their thing, and then they got to watch us do our thing, and then it was, um, yeah, it was a sick week. It's One cool, right? I mean, you get this mutual admiration between um, sporting people that do different sports. You know, we used to get the same thing with uh, uh, in Vegas. We had Cirque du Soleil in town, and these are incredible athletes doing all this insane shit, and they're telling us how cool our job is. And so it's just this, you just feed back and forth off of how amazing both gigs can be. Yeah, for sure. And it's and it's it's crazy. It's like when there's like um same thing with the both sports and it's like we're like fuck, we're just the same you party and you're just like we're just the same camp, we just did a different shit. <laughs> yeah, no shit, no shit. Uh well and I think it's a lot of the a lot of the uh, so called extreme sports communities with the exception of maybe like surfing. I don't I don't know if surfing is as tight because it's a get off my break kind of thing. <laughs> You know, yeah, <laughs> a little bit more territorial, whereas skydivers just want more skydivers to to come play with, and same with well, maybe not with climbers, but with a lot of the extreme sports and dirt biking, I would imagine is exactly the same. You just want more people to play with. Yeah, for sure. If we get, if sometimes now we like we're going to go riding. It's like oh, we won't go because you know you know we're not going to go ride by yourself. You just don't get that same thing. So if you have got ten of you out there, it's twenty times you push push each other, and it's just. Heaps more fun. So. Yeah, for sure. Now, being able to do something uh, like uh, putting on shows when you're at Funny Farm and you get to interact with the people, that's got to be a lot more fun than doing the big tours where I'm assuming when you guys are out doing Nitro, it's you go do the show and then you're gone. Pretty much. Like, some, depends what tour it is. I mean, like, sometimes in Europe when we're just bank to bank, I mean, stop to stop, we're just on a bus traveling to the next state 
next event, wake up at the at the venue, do a show, back on the bus. Where I mean, some Australian tours, we're there for the whole weekend, so we get to do the show two nights, and then we get to stay there for the weekend party and <laughs> do whatever we want. But I mean, the Europe the Europe bus tours are sick as well because we get to we have buses with all your mates, and you just get on party on the bus and wake up and do it again the next day, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's got to be pretty fucking rock star style, right? Because people go ape shit for guys and girls go ape shit for the motocross stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like that, um, you kind of forget that. Um, like it's crazy because even the free sometimes now we do a, like we do a show somewhere. Some people are like, "Well, I've never even seen that before," and you're like, "What do you mean?" It's been like it's kind of like coming. Not not saying that freestyle's uh, the it's dying, but it's just like it's not back to how it was. You know what I mean? It's like it's coming to the end of like obviously the progression and stuffs getting to that stage so it's just it's a it's weird in that way that people some people haven't even seen freestyle before well the thing that always blew me away with freestyle that kind of was a little bit like skydiving is you'd start to think all right there's nothing new there there, there can't be anything new because somebody just did a backflip and then next thing you know somebody does a fucking double backflip and then a front flip and all of a sudden, you know, you're flying a foot above your bike, not holding on to anything. So do you think motocross is getting close to what can we possibly do? Um, I mean, it is. It is definitely for injury-wise. But the thing is, but everyone, they're just building bigger ramps, so you're just getting higher. So you, can, you can just get an extra flip in. Like Sheeny and that, Sheeny's landed a triple backflip on a dirt bike, which is fucking crazy so now that it's building bigger ramps so you can go bigger and higher and do more stuff in the air god damn but i mean eventually you're going to be down to what three guys that are willing to jump off a ramp that's going to be as big as they want to build it i mean (laughs) yeah that's that is the thing that's why i feel like the difference between skydiving and dirt bikes is skydiving you can just keep learning where there is going to be a point where dirt bikes is going to go too far and it's like you're not going to be out there doing six flips they won't have anywhere you can put that ramp anyway so yeah yeah yeah. now is there still a bunch of freestyle competition stuff going on or is it more like the shows that you're doing just shows but to be honest this year has been so quiet because of covid so sure um a lot of stuff like we nearly we were supposed to do a big uh punk festival uh here on the gold coast that was organized and um that kind of just got cancelled spewingly because I thought it was kind of was all waking back up again. But, um, yeah, so the next thing, there's not really any competitions going on. Um, the next competition is Nitro World Games, which is in October. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that's going to stay and not get um, not get shuffled along again. And then Nitro Tour, obviously, starts back in November too, which will be sick. So yeah, man. it's been a while. We, have, we got um, halfway through our tour last year last march when covid started so that's when the last time we did a, a nitro show but we've done a few um you know like local shows and stuff but nothing nothing like big like nitro so now in in preparation for all that shit how constantly are you training are you on the bike every day or is it uh, gotten to the point where you're just staying a little refreshed here and there um to be honest with covid because i'm um i'm actually a builder by trade so um i with when i was traveling all the time i was kind of not really getting to do that that much um or i'd get back and i'd still i'd still get on the tools but it would um you know i wouldn't be able to actually make my company any further because i'd be away all the time so i'd never have any employees and stuff so the best thing about covid for me is i've now got six employees and i'm cranking my building company so that's a good thing so that has kept me off the bike that little bit more though which i don't really like Mm. but um but i mean i still will ride you know I won't go more than a month without riding just so I can um, keep up my tricks and stuff like that in case I ever do get a show. Sure. Um, and for, and for training-wise, yes, I am in, in the stages of training for I really want to do Nitro World Games. So um, pretty much giving up the beers. I'm having one tonight. But Fair enough. <laughs> I'm about to give up the beers so I can um, focus on that and try and get into that because it's going to be a local um, event in Brisbane. So that would be pretty cool. I'd be, I'd be stoked to, to – um, get an invite to that and well, especially so, on yeah, home turf yeah yeah for sure so we're me and a few other boys are working to try and get into that and it'd be sweet hopefully it um it goes ahead and we don't train our ass off and it gets cancelled sure sure now how is it balancing i always call it the real world because that's the way i look at it how is it balancing a career and a, a business in the real world and doing all this other stuff 
are you having to shift mental gears or are you the same guy doing the business stuff as the guy that's on the back of the bike or are you having to put different hats on so to speak um i've kind of put different hats on for my business um i kind of yeah for business wise i don't know i'm kind of a little bit of a different person to be honest i um obviously i'm um yeah just kind of real serious and trying to take my business seriously obviously because it's a bit more of a different um profession so sure now do you find that uh, i always found with skydiving because it's a relatively obscure sport obviously people know about it and they see tandem videos and all that shit but they don't know who the players are in skydiving if they're not jumpers and i'd imagine the same goes with motocross but do you find you'll have people in the the real world so to speak that have no idea who you are and what you do and you tell them and they lose their shit <laughs> yeah no all the time all the time it's pretty funny like um Especially even especially um, if they find out that I ride dirt bikes and they look at my Instagram from work, um, if I'm building a house or doing renovations, they're like, they'll be like, "What the hell? I didn't even know you did anything like." Yeah, and then that's just, cool, right? It, makes, it actually makes it good sometimes because you end up getting closer friends with them somehow and making the job a little bit easier sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and I, I, if nothing else, it takes a, a, a stiff relationship and loosens it up really quick. If they ask, "So, is this all you do?" And no, I do this, that, and the other thing, and they're. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're like, holy shit. It's kind of like uh, uh, wearing a button-up long-sleeve shirt, and nobody knows that you've got sleeved-out tattoos, and then they see you in a tank top for the first time. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> it's kind of cool. You get to take off both of those hats. But do you find that uh, – um, or have you found that in working in the business side of things, if people know what you do outside of that, that you have a tough time being taken seriously? Because people think us skydivers are a little mental. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, it's kind of hard. I mean, for my business, it's kind of – if people don't know that – a lot of people don't really know before they hire me anyway because it's in that industry. And then, right. if anything, I'm doing stuff for friends. So Yeah, fair enough. It's not too bad. I've been lucky. I haven't dealt with the real world in a long, long, long time. So I have no idea what the real world would think of me. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't fucking go there. So with skydiving now, you're super low time, but have you, have you got your eyes on a direction that you want to go, things that you want to learn? Are you thinking you might want to dig deeper into the sport as far as like really getting into it? Yeah. Well, I, to be honest, I want to back, like one of my things out of it is I want to base jump. So, I mean, I don't want to go – I'm not sure. I, you know how people say, oh, I just want to do one base jump, but you do one base jump, you probably don't want to do fucking 500 of them. Right. But, um, yeah, that's my my goal is to do a base jump. And because um, one of my buddies that got me into the – like, obviously, Jeff got me into it and also Jacko, but Jacko just started doing it because he's fresh like me. I mean, the stuff Jeff does, we always go, fuck, it's so sick. Right. Especially um, jumping, off, jumping off of buildings and shit like that would be right. so mad. But, um, yeah, that's something that I want to work towards. But then, like I was saying earlier, just with the – going with groups that um you know that do shit that i want to like be able to go on that group you know what i mean because i don't want to be i've been just lately i've started to be like sitting in the corner going fuck i can't go with them i want to go with them but yeah so that's i kind of work want to work towards so i can just get, keep progressing and going with different groups and learning new shit Nice, nice. Well, and I know uh, um, it sounds to me like you're you're taking a wise tack in regard to how you want to go towards base jumping because if you're actively jumping and trying to learn about skydiving but you haven't started base jumping yet, it tells me maybe you learned some lessons through motocross and surfing and all that shit that, oh, I should probably figure out what the fuck I'm doing before I push it harder. <laughs> yeah, learn how to flare for starters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not tell yourself a new asshole. You certainly don't want to do that yeah. on a fucking base jump. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, and having uh, – I mean, it's its a similar mentality, but I'm guessing there's a bunch of uh, um, skydiving that crosses over with uh, the people that are riding dirt bikes and stuff because it's a fucking fun sport. And Pastrana's a known skydiver, and he's done some really stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Well, that's that's the other thing. Like, even um, I remember when um, did you, did you ever know Eric Rona? I know the name. Know the name? Yeah. yeah. So he used to be on tour. Yeah. And he used to be really good. like he used to base jump into our shows and stuff like that off the top of the stadiums, which was sick. And then like um, Trav and Sheeny and then that guy would be in Europe and they'd be packing their shoots and they'd be gone. And I'd just 
never even thought, but now I'm like, fuck, it'd be so sick that I'd be able to go overseas and jump with them. So it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and obviously I've, I've been lucky enough to get to know some of the, the top guys in, in base jumping and wingsuiting and all that stuff. And I was back in the day, my time to go out and make a base jump i was uh, just about to be a dad and i decided all right that's that's a line i don't want to cross because if i make that one jump i know i'm gonna fucking love it and i don't want to yeah. love it now it's something i can't do so i just never made that jump and now i'm fucking old and broken so i don't <laughs> it's not gonna happen yeah, right. now <laughs> I, was just, I was just gonna ask you have you done a base jump yeah uh, did you did you want to or you just obviously because you're about to be a dad you just kind of I really wanted to um, and knowing that I was going to be a dad I was kind of holding off and then I got hired by a buddy of mine uh, at the time a guy by the name of Will Forche who did videos that were called Lemmings and it was a bridge day um, and he asked me to shoot the landings portion of this video that he produced and so I spent the whole day standing down at the base of this bridge watching people fucking pound in everywhere hitting trees hitting railroad tracks hitting the water hitting fucking rocks i mean just destroying themselves and i left bridge day going i'm never doing that shit yeah i mean that's the thing it's like it's not a that's not a sport that you can just fuck around with no it's, um, no well and again it's next level too right i mean it's it's progressed so much so now i feel like i could probably go out and, and make a a few base jumps that i could do safely and go through a proper base course with all these people that are out there but back then it was literally uh i mean yeah shit. dude they were jumping skydiving rigs off the bridge you know, so yeah, you're. This is this is way back before it was as as Anything. accessible as it is now. So if it was if it was like it was um, back then, if it was like now, I'd probably be a base jumper, but not now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And again, a lot of different directions you can go. But again, it sounds like you're being kind of smart and using previous lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. good which so how long do you think you can keep up the the uh dirt bike stuff before the body says it's time to slow it down um to me, i've been pretty lucky to be honest with my body um i mean i've just started to get like you know the aching aching stuff in the mornings and stuff but nothing too serious so nice. um i mean i just actually got over carpal i started getting carpal tunnel uh, in my hands so every time i ride i couldn't feel my hands which sucked but it's kind of slowly going away so hopefully that was just a nothing too serious but um yeah for sure yeah, just little stuff like that. i'd imagine uh, uh, that was one benefit to COVID is you kind of had to take it slow everybody had to take it slow for a while and and if you do sh shit like we do you get to heal up a little bit yeah no nah, for sure you yeah, know nah, it's been it's been good with um nothing on but also it sucks because i miss it and it's um it's always good going on to us so Nice. But at the same time, it's been good, and I want to try and um, get my company cranking enough so I can leave it running while I'm away on tour, which has been my dream to do. So, which is fantastic, especially if you're able to to do both and be successful at both, and and uh, um, I mean, basically enjoy it. So it's fucking kick ass. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously skydive along the way. Nice. And, uh, yeah. Overseas. Hopefully, if we ever get to travel overseas again. Now, are there a, a bunch of guys that you tour with that jump or? Yeah, so there's um, obviously Travis, um, and then Sheeny. He's from another Aussie rider. He um, he's been doing it a fair bit. He was actually at Farm with us as well. Um, and then Harry, he's been doing it a lot. He done it just before me. So yeah, there's probably about five or six of us I reckon on tour that are skydiving now. So but nice. I mean, that sounds like you'd be able to have an opportunity to go jump at a shitload of kick-ass drop zones around the world while you're touring. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Uh, pretty funny, actually. A good story. I um, we're actually on a tour bus, and it was in Europe, and it was about three o'clock in the morning. And this is when I, dude, I'd never been in the tunnel. I never had any idea of skydiving. You know, it was one of those things that I just never thought about. I think it was three o'clock in the morning, and Trav, we pulled the bus over, and we're all drunk as fuck. And he's like, oh, "I've hired out the air tunnel," and we're like, "Yeah, whatever." So we, so me and Jacko going, we're wasted. And I've never even done it before. And we're in there and we're pretty much just smacking into the glass, just fucking banging everywhere. <laughs> and Travis, because obviously he does it all the time, he knows what's going on. He's like, get the fuck out. You're wasting my tunnel. You're wasting my, because he's paid for the tunnel time. We're in there, this maggot smacking against the glass. Couldn't even know what we're doing. So it's pretty funny. Dude, now I'd be like, now I know what it is. I'd be like, get the fuck out. Dude, that's an epic fucking first tunnel story. Yeah, Travis Pastrana yeah. bought out the tunnel I flew in for the first time, and I was fucking hammered. 
<laughs> and Jacko, we we got out of the tunnel and Jacko spewing up because he was so drunk. It was classic. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it sounds to me like, especially uh, with Travis and the guys that you've got going, that out on tour, you've got a fair amount of uh, opportunity for a little bit of mayhem. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's another thing about it. There's always, um, always cool stuff we get to do, even if it's like filming for Nitro TV and stuff. I mean, we were over in... Um, um, I can't remember the name of it now in Europe somewhere. Anyway, we um, we got to go and do those. Like this dude had this company, and we got to drive Ferraris and Lamborghinis all through Europe and um, do just little little things like that that you don't really get to do all the time. It's cool because you just that's a that's another plus about Nitro. It's like you know they've got their way into filming and stuff. So we've got all those cool things we get to do that not many other people get to do. Yeah, I mean that's kind of when you gotta you gotta you know tap yourself on the shoulder and go holy. Shit. Shit, I don't believe I get to do this. Yeah, not for sure. And it's, I mean, I was lucky enough over the years, um, the guys that I looked up to and that had hero worship for in the sport of skydiving, I eventually became friends with, because I'm sure you're figuring out skydiving is a pretty small sport. And uh, yeah. you get to, you're rubbing elbows with people that are doing just the most incredible stuff. But you find out, hey, these are just real people, and they're super cool, and they dig the same thing that I do. And I have to imagine that uh, even though it's on a bigger scale, uh, somebody like Pastrana or the guys that you're working with and touring with have got to be the same way. They're just doing what they love. Yeah, no, for sure. It's good. It's like um, everyone loves what they do. And, um, yeah, no, it's sick. And everyone, everyone's like the thing, same thing. It's like in the skydive, I feel like in the skydive world as well, it's kind of like, all the dudes that are like killing it, they're still legends and they don't really care that it's like everyone's just a good mate and they're happy for everyone to be there, which is a cool thing, I think. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, um, I've had the opportunity to have him on the show a number of times and become friends with him over the years. And uh, Omar Al-Hijalan was just put into the Skydiving Hall of Fame. And this is I mean, one of the OG badasses that was helping invent what we know as free flying now uh, back in the day. And I literally would watch his videos stoned off my ass in a trailer in Paris Valley, California. California, watching this guy doing this incredible shit and then cut to a whole bunch of years later uh, sitting and shooting the shit with him and having dinner so you're like all right yeah this is pretty fucking cool and the That's cool thing sick. about it is he's still out there doing it right now as are all the other guys that i looked up to back in the day they're all still jumpers like the shelf yeah. life for skydiving is a lifetime yeah, for sure. It's fucking, yeah, I mean, that's the same thing for me as, um, like, I mean, I never, well, for me, I was a surfer and yes, I did watch all the videos and I did know who all the guys were and then I kind of like look around, I'm like, fuck, I didn't even, like, I got a dirt bike when I was 25 years old. So I was like, I ne never even thought that I'd be even be on tour, let alone do a backflip on a dirt bike when sure. I was 20, so. How funny is um, that, yeah. man, that, the, that 25 is fucking old to get started? Yeah, for sure. It is. Yeah, I sure. mean, that, that, a lot of people are like, "Oh, did you start riding when you were young?" I was like, "Nah." Um, I seriously. I mean, I always wanted a dirt bike when I was young. My parents just weren't wealthy enough to buy me one, so I had to wait and buy my own. But uh, at, by that time, I was into surfing and I didn't really care. And then, yeah, obviously, how slowly moved in. How hard were you going at the surfing when you were young? Um, I loved it. I wanted to be good at it, and I was tried to be good at it. I mean, I can surf, but. It was never going to take me anyway. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I uh, uh, I feel exactly the same way. I absolutely love it, and I completely suck at it, and I've got scars from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's something that I get to enjoy and know that I'm just never going to be really any good at it, which is fine with me. Yeah. I'm fine yeah. with that. I mean, I can, I can go, I can, I can surf, but I can't say that I'd ever, um, yeah, it definitely wouldn't take me anywhere. Yeah, fair enough. Times. It was funny when I, when I, uh, um, got to talk to Jeff and he was saying that he, I mean, he had a shot to take it all the way, but he just began hating it because it just became a job to him after a while. And, um, it's, I'd say maybe that's the benefit to your starting later in life on the bike is you knew yeah. that was something you wanted to do. So you pursued it instead of just doing it since you were a kid and forgetting why. Yeah, no, for sure. See, that's a, that's one good thing about, um, obviously also me like getting into it late and obviously not getting on tour where a lot of my, a lot of the boys, you know, they've been riding since I was two and they, they've got to be on tour since I was 16. So mm. it's like, they never got, that's like never got to do the real job thing too, which is a big difference I feel. Sure. So, um, 
like I was always like fuck, and they're like, but the, but the funny thing about that is I was always always say they'd get over get over it a little bit earlier than me because I'd be like fuck, dude, we're on tour or whatever. But at the same time, it is doesn't matter what you do. Like even after three months of tour, you're like, oh, I want to go home, and then the day you get home, you're like, what the fuck did I want to come home for? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's the same thing. I'll I'll have a a long week of flying, or back in the day when I was jumping full time, a long week of jumping, and then you end up with a couple of days off. And the first day off is great, and the second day you're like, "What the fuck am I doing here? This is boring. This is <laughs> this is I don't I don't want to go to Bed Bath and Beyond. This shit sucks, man." <laughs> yeah, fucking. <laughs> so uh, uh, tell me when the tour is supposed to start, because I know people are going to be interested in where are you guys going this time around. So we're um so there's gonna be Nitro World Games that'll be first. That's in October. So that'll be the start and then um so that's the end of October. I think it's about the twenty second and then our tour starts off and we finish off our Oz tour, that Australian tour that um got halfway through when COVID hit. So um I'm not sure. We had we had a, a lot of big plans for this year before COVID. We were gonna go um Australia, U- um, America, Europe, New Zealand, Brazil. But um, obviously, because of COVID, it got cancelled. So hopefully, hopefully, um, next year, those plans nice. uh, keep going. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, I mean, Nitro's, a, it's a fucking a powerhouse now. It's not going anywhere. It's just a matter of when it can go again, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the name for Nitro is like, it's worldwide. You say Nitro Circus, and yeah. a lot of people know about it, so. Oh, everybody fucking knows about it, and it's been around for a long time now. I mean, uh, Travis Pastrana has been a household name for as I mean, my whole skydiving career. So yeah, and I've been doing this for a yeah, few days. He's, a, <laughs> he's he's still a he's still a loose cannon in that case, and a and a legend. So gotta love it. Now he'll keep he'll keep he'll keep it going for as long as he can. Oh, absolutely. Now, how do people track you on social media? How do people find out uh, what you're about? How do they see the same images that I saw that got me to go, I got to fucking talk to this guy? <laughs> yeah, so um, my Instagram is, because my nickname's Top Dog, so my Instagram's at Top Dog, but it's with a double P if you want to um, watch the stupid shit I do. And yeah, other than that, Facebook or... Nice. And what's the what's the home drop zone? What's uh, uh, Where can they find you in the air? Yeah, so home drop zone for me is Byron Bay. Nice. Not a bad spot. Yeah, no, it's a real good spot. I mean, you jump out and you're over the beach the whole time, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that doesn't exactly suck as far as a place to learn. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nice. I'll tell you what, Top Dog, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to sit down with me. I've been wanting to try and get you for a while, and I know you had Funny Farm and all kinds of other shit going on, so I really do appreciate the time. No, legend. Thanks for asking me on here. All right, man. Cheers, brother. We'll see you. Hi, brother. Thank you. All right. There you go. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void in the Can. Before I read the end credits, I want to remind everybody I've started up wanting to do story time for Mo. If you've listened to the Mo Valetto episode, then you know Mo had the most fucking incredible stories ever. And he was going to be doing about a 10 or 15 minute story for me each week that I was going to get to air at the end of each uh, different episode, telling another one of his fucking amazing stories. Well, unfortunately, Mo isn't with us anymore, but I know he would love the idea of everybody telling their own stories. So I want you to think up the most amazing jump stories you've got and I want you to share them. Sit down in a nice quiet room with an iPhone or some way to record an MP3 and tell me a 10 or 15 minute story that I can air at the end of one of these episodes. It can be about anything. It doesn't have to be about a skydive. It can be about something that happened at the drop zone. It can be about what led you into skydiving. Any fucking story you can think of, sit down, record it in a nice quiet room and send it my way. You can send it to princess at the fucking pilot.net or if you're having trouble getting it through that way, you can send me a direct message on both uh, Instagram and Facebook and that's at the Lunatic Fringe Podcast. And those direct messages will get straight to me. I'll respond to you real quick. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you how you can get those stories to me. We want to hear them. At any rate, again, this was another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you by Pussfoot.com, the extreme sports collective. So check them out, Pussfoot.com. Also brought to you by Summit Parachute Systems. That's Jarrett Martin out there giving amazing rigging courses and building incredible pilot rigs. You're going to check that out. And, of course, fuck yeah, and Zero Sports. 
Once again, I am the fucking pilot. You'll find me at thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. They take you to the same place. That's where you're going to get links to every episode we've done so far. I think there's a hundred and almost 140 fucking episodes. Jesus. Uh, it'll take you straight to those links. It also takes you to straight to the both the books that I've written. That's going to be the fucking pilot book and the accidental stripper, both available in digital and print. And someday, someday, audio. Thanks again. See you next time. Damn. <laughs>